Welcome to the Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and the crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews presented by IV Creative. It's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox, and we have a very special guest coming up with us in just a moment. But before we get to that, we want to take a moment to thank all the fans stateside and worldwide once again. Guys, we thank you for sharing our work, for subscribing, for rating, reviewing, and for, of course, making sure that you're spreading that word amongst all your fans and family who are also hip-hop fans. And also, shout out to all the TikTok followers out there. Gained a lot of new followers this week with the sound clips that we put up on our TikTok channel. Want to make sure that we give you all a shout out and y'all continue to support us and spread the word to those out there who you think will love the show. We have more content coming up on that TikTok channel and, of course, across all of our social media channels. As a reminder, you can visit our website, vaultclassicpod.com once again that's vaultclassicpod.com you can go there check out the new episodes the previous episodes also take a look at some of the guests that we've had you can also go to our buy me a coffee page to support the page monetarily you can also then as well go to our merchandise store vaultclassicpod.com backslash store to check out our merchandise we have hats coffee mugs tumblers stickers t-shirts hoodies anything you can think about up until February 27th, which is actually right now, we'll be having up to 50% off everything in the store. So make sure y'all go, of course, to vaultclassicpod.com and check out everything that we have there for you right there, including the merchandise store. As we always say here on The Vault, our motto is hashtag open the vault, hashtag nothing but the classics or MBTC. And today we have a very special guest, as I mentioned before. You heard him here on The Vault when we did our review with the Breaking Adams podcast with Samit Sharma and Chris Mitchell. You've heard his work, of course, on BBC, Complex, Passion Weiss, amongst many others. And we're going to be welcoming him in today. We're talking about none other than Chris Mitchell from the Breaking Adams podcast. Came to chop it up with us with this latest review. And here's how it went. And joining us here on the Vault Classic Music Reviews podcast, you know him well. And you should know his work very well. We had them on about a year and a half ago, right in the midst of the release of their breakout audio podcast, a documentary of Jay-Z's Reasonable Doubt. And you've heard him on Breaking Adams podcast, his own podcast. But of course, you've also heard him on BBC. You've seen his work featured on Complex, on Passion Weiss, and so many different other publications as well. I'm talking about none other than Chris Mitchell, a.k.a. Kinetic. But brethren, Dea, you know, from across the pond in the UK. Chris, thanks for joining us here on the Vault Classic Music Reviews podcast, man. How are you? I am. I'm doing good, man. It's, it's good to speak and see you again. Yes. Um, you know, yeah. one of my favorite podcasters, just one of my favorite people in this community. And yes. yeah, it's, it's an honor. We're, we're talking music. I love to talk music. And I'm really looking forward to talking about what we got to talk about today. Yes. Yeah, man. Absolutely. You know, we reached out to each other, man. It was actually maybe about a, a month ago when I was looking for somebody to do this review we have coming up. And Chris said, yo, hit me up. I definitely want to be a part of this. And because our Breaking Adams interview went so well and had so many people that have reached out to me about that, I was like, make sure we get him on. But you guys are back now. Breaking Adams, before we get back into that, you guys took a a little bit of a break, but you guys have come back and come back strong so far. So you and yeah. Samit are back at it, man. Just let the people know the last couple of episodes you have done and you know what you guys have going on. Well, you know, just just to kind of give a bit of background story, we took a short break. It was it was supposed to be six weeks. 
but it turned into six months because yeah. as they say, life was life in. Yes. So, you know, things, things happen as adults and it's, it's not all bad things. It's like, you know, we got calls from the industry mm-hmm. off the back of our series that we did about blueprint mm-hmm. and reasonable doubt. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, yo, we want to give you jobs, come work over here. So Summit and I are actually podcast producers full time. So a lot of that time during the hiatus, we really got our feet under the table and did a lot of stuff for BBC, Spotify, Amazon. Mm-hmm. And then when the time was right, we came back. So we're back strong, as you yeah. said, and I, I really missed it. And I'm just glad that people are still listening yeah. and still checking for us. Of course. Um, really. I don't tr- I don't try to get caught up in numbers, mm-hmm. but it was just really impressive that there was no drop off in terms of numbers. In fact, the numbers went up while we were gone because people were checking for the old stuff. Yeah. So, you know, we came back, we spoke to uh, MAE. Um, mm-hmm. He's an A&R for Wu-Tang mm-hmm. and the affiliates. Uh, we spoke with House Shoes mm-hmm. that just came out this week. And, you know, I don't know when this is dropping, but we've got Ruben Vincent from Jamla Rock Nation on our upcoming episode. So yeah, yeah we're just trying to keep the momentum going and just really contribute what we can in, in, in this space. You know, yeah. we have a unique perspective on things. Yeah, We see things differently. And I'm not saying, oh, we see things better or in a snobbish way. It's just of course, the more people we have talking about the music and the culture we love, the better. Absolutely. And we just, want, we just want to contribute in that respect. And it's important because, you know, uh, sometimes when we get in this space, we have a lot of people that get in for different reasons. Some of it is for clout. Some of it is for hot takes. When we have people like yourself and Submit who actually curate and document the culture as it was being seen from not just from your perspective, but from the perspective of those who were there and involved in it. Um, you see what the work that you guys did with Reasonable Doubt, the work that you did with the Blueprint documentary, the people who were there. Like, you know, he's saying you want to be there in the room when it happens and you were talking to the people who were in the room as it actually happened and that leads some credence to it so i cannot stress how important it is to have people within our culture that are documenting those parts of the culture because those parts need to be documented and remembered and celebrated throughout time and when you have those things that you all have created it creates that medium for people to be able to take it enjoy it listen to it and uh, be able to recognize it for what it was yeah yeah well well said man i, yeah. I ain't gonna to add to that it's just that's, yeah. that's what it is yeah it is thank man. you man so you're here today for a reason man and this you know we do these album reviews 20 25 and 30 years so right now we're going to go back to 2003 and we're going to go back to february 25th 2003 this is actually a day or so after this anniversary and we're going to go to none other than the debut album of the legendary group legend little brother the listening Mm. recorded between 2001 and 2002 with a runtime of 65 minutes and 13 seconds on abb records Mm. produced by ninth wonder with assistance by eccentric featuring members of the justice league runtime of 65 minutes and 13 seconds very ambitious for a debut album however the singles from this album the listening speed released in august 2001 whatever you say released in november of 2002 and the way you do it released in may 2003 little brother the then trio out of north carolina north carolina that time durham north carolina who had all met on the campus of north carolina central university in durham north carolina shout out to the hbcus by the way and um this was something that when i talked about this and brought it up on twitter because i wanted to have someone come to review it with me as chris as i said reached out to me and said fam let me be a, a part of this i have intimate knowledge of this group and i know not only 
besides your personal knowledge that you have of Little Brother and your journey with them, you all also interviewed rapper Big Pooh as well on your podcast on Breaking Adam. Yes. So we yes. talked about that. Um, the listening, man. Uh, just so that before we get into your perspective and your first reactions and reflections of the album, just to give everyone a bit of a background of Little Brother. As we said, they met while they were on the campus of North Carolina Central University. Meeting there, the trio would then link up with a lot of the members, which would then become the Justice League, uh, the hip-hop supergroup, collective production team, and dug into their hip-hop, what their hip-hop upbringing and their predecessors taught them. And as the article stated, their generation, meaning, uh, you know, Ninth, Big Pooh, Fonte, those members of the Justice League, were really the first generation that we grew up with hip-hop being present during the entirety of our upbringing. So... We were, as they called the hip hop generation, that first hip hop generation where we grew up, where we existed in a time in the beginning for those of us who were of a certain age, grew up in the time where Curtis Blow and LL Cool J were the first big solo superstars in the times of Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five and then Run DMC, later on Public Enemy and NWA, and then acts like Cool G Rap and Rock Kim. And also then eventually into the 90s, the times of Death Row, Bad Boy, Rough Riders, the type of generation, that's the type of folks we're dealing with. So going into that, this presented the listening and this is right around circa 2001 2003 when i was in college so we're going to get into it now we're going to start with chris and his first reactions first thoughts and reflections so chris this is why you're here man you have a knowledge of this group based on your times back then and you following them uh give us your first reactions on finding out one about little brother themselves and then also the album the listening but based on your times uh when you were following them like you were i guess you were some one of the first groups of people that sort of started to follow them from that time they grew their list their following from a big part of that okay player sort of community but then there were other communities out there as well so tell us a little bit about that well during this time you know like you said this is 2001 2002 and i think it's it's worth mentioning that my hip-hop listening experience was in hindsight a bit skewed Mm -hmm. i was rockefeller to death Mm -hmm. right okay anything that came out on rocket i was rockefeller to death um rough riders all the major label stuff and i remember reading the source magazine and there was a review for the listening and the words really and this i want to highlight the fact that yes the source mic ratings were so important, mm. but the way that the, the ways that the reviews are written as well could really sell an album. Yeah. And this review said, sonically, this is the most cohesive album since the blueprint. Hmm. Yeah. I was like, I what? That. I said, yo, mm-hmm. cause I love the blueprint. Yeah. I just love the whole feel of the album. I said, yo. So I was at work and you remember you go on Amazon, you can still do it now, but you can go on Amazon and listen to little snippets. Mm-hmm. So I went on the little brother page and I listened to a snippet and I pressed play on speed. Like I'm talking to you now, right? And I have chills. And when I heard, um, you're going too fast for me, just too fast for me. I said, oh, I said, oh, it's one of them. Yeah. And then when I played the snippets for the entire album, I kid you not, I used to sell mobile phones. Yeah. So we used to get commission and they also had this thing called super checks. So it was almost like a bonus on top of a bonus and you could get vouchers for different stores. And I had vouchers for HMV, which was like the massive music shop at the time. As soon as I finished my shift that day, mm-hmm. I went to HMV hoping to find this album mm-hmm. and I was lucky enough to find the album. Wow. And I, p- I paid 19 pounds for it. Like wow. now that's like $25 or something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. That was the import price. I paid for the album and I took it home. And I, I don't even want to get tearful right now. I remember this was a big transition period for me. Mm-hmm. I'm 21 years old. Okay. I'm transitioning into like young adulthood. There's, there's stuff going on. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, relationships are complicated. I'm dealing with heartache. I'm trying to find my way in the world. You know, I've, this I had my first job yeah. out of university. I wasn't sure about where I wanted to go as a man, as an artist. Like I was just existing, not thriving, surviving, but not thriving. Mm. And listening to this album really soundtracked where I wanted to go as a man. Wow. And as an artist, I remember sitting in my room, just listening to this album over and over again, feeling, and I know it's a thing we say now, I feel seen, but I just felt like, oh my God, there's these three brothers in North Carolina who see life the way I do. Wow. You know, like being in a job that I wasn't necessarily enjoying Mm. and then hearing speed about, you know, this treadmill lifestyle ain't working for me. And I'm just like, I'm like, yo, this is, this is it. This is it right here. And what happened after that is I got this album a few months after I got my first ever computer. Yeah. So my first PC, wow. right? So I'm new to the internet. I'm talking yeah. 56K modems. You can't use the internet when someone else is on the phone. you got to get off. It's one of those, right? <laughs> oh, man. So, you know, going on the internet and discovering forums and message boards, this, mm-hmm. start, this now started to inform my taste. So a few months later now, I'm all little brothered out. Yeah, I'm trying to find out as much as I can about them. And forgive me if I'm going on. I just got to tell the story. Nah, go ahead, man. So go I, ahead. I, I get, I get the um, I got the Cesar Comanche album. Shout out to Cesar Comanche. Shout out. And it was Paper Gods, and it had an advert for the lawn. I'm thinking the lawn. What's the lawn? Mm-hmm. And he shouted out the names of all these people on the lawn. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yo. So I, I type in, you know, thejusticeleague.com forward slash lawn. Mm-hmm. And there's a message board with different sections about new music, videos, tips and advice. And the Justice League members are actually on the board wow. talking to people. <laughs> Fonte, Fonte's on there. His name is Tay Gravy at the time. If you want to know what <laughs> Tay Gravy means, um, Brian, you could put a link to my piece about the lawn in, in the episode notes. Yes, but sir. Here's Tay Absolutely. Gravy. Ninth Wonders up there. Legacy, Nicolay, mm. Sean Boog is there, Rapper Poo is there, yes. Edgar Allan Flo, shout out to Edgar Allan Flo, but it was this community, it wasn't just Justice League up there, mm-hmm. Symbolic One from mm-hmm. Strange Fruit Project was up there, Wow. DJ KO, Von P, I first heard about Tanya Morgan on this board, who else was up there, Silent Night, Emilio Rojas, mm. all these, they're running and they're talking to us, Yeah. they're like, we've got this new project coming, you guys are the first to hear it, so being part of that community where you you can experience the music and share your thoughts and feelings real time. Yeah. I don't want to be one of those people that say, oh, you know, I was one of the first, I was outside, but I definitely think I was one of the first, definitely in the UK. There's a yeah. UK contingent, shout out to Cosign, who I still speak to to this day. Wow. He was on the lawn as well. He's from Birmingham in the UK. Oh, I got a shout out, Kudoi Soul, who I met on the board. He flew me out to California 10 years after and we recorded an album together. Mm. That wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for this album. Wow. And that community. And I'm a married man now. I've been with my wife for 10 years, yo. We've mm. been married for three. Mm. And here we are listening to the listening together as wow. a couple, just 24 hours. It's one of those albums, man. Bury me with my copy. Yeah. Put it in the coffin with me, man. Hip hop, man. Hip hop in the internet, changing lives out here, bro. And and that, that community is something crazy. The fact that all of them, all the members of this Justice League, that Tay and Knife Wonder are on there, and these guys are interacting with you. Back then, I sort of feel in that era of the internet, before the internet, and like people on the internet, hip hop got too cool for school. Where everybody's going private, and people want to stay off for good reason. But I remember in those days when I was in my last years of high school that I was on the duckdown.com chat and forum and did interacting with so many different. I made so many friends across the world, you know, from just those interactions. And the fact that you were there right there in the beginning, bro, when this I, album I, I was coming out, man, that's just crazy. I didn't know. 
I re- Brian, I didn't know what I was doing at the time. I'm thinking, yeah. I'm just talking to people. Shout out to Lex, Action, yeah. Mumbles. Like these, come on, listen. I'm just thinking, I'm kicking it with these people. I didn't know mm-hmm. that I was actually a part of history. Yeah, It's only 20 years later, I've sat down and spoke to the guys who ran the forum. Shout out to CJB, Cesar, Comanche, all of them, man, who sat down and said, this is what we wanted to do. We wanted to build a worldwide community. And I didn't know what that lawn had done for my visibility. Mm. as an artist and even as a podcaster we interviewed crisis Mm. and when i told crisis my username he's like i remember you yeah yeah from the lawn yeah we (laughs) spoke to fonte for our uh, our war report series Mm -hmm. and fonte i've got fonte's phone number in my phone right now stop it come on shout out to jeff weiss who put me in contact with fonte for my lawn piece i'm texting fonte on whatsapp Mm. he's like yeah man when do you want to do this interview cool let's do it he's in my phone right now fonte coleman yeah Mm. when he did the interview bro Mm -hmm. he says i remember you from the lawn that's why i took the call yeah bro that's it's come on man you're talking to this is the guy that's influenced my style so much like i grew up listening to biggie yeah um you know the people who we listen to we don't need to go through the names yeah but you know but when when i hear people come to me and say you remind me of fonte like i said what do you mean they're like just your your wit and humor and the way you say things like just Mm -hmm. last week michael parkinson i sent a new verse to him which ironically i wrote after listening to speed Mm-hmm. Because we'd, we've done a song called Never Rest And yeah. I'm like, I need inspiration So I rewrote a verse, I listened to Speed And he hit me back, he said Fonte Levels, fire emojis Yes Like <laughs> this group here, I don't I don't think people really understand man Like I am Justice League, yeah. I'll say it You in there man, you were definitely in there <laughs> uh, And I think you've earned that actually You know, and, and so getting into my reactions to this I had a little bit of a late pass I was probably about three years later than you But I was glad that when I got it, I did So here's my story about Little Brother and Finding out about them so I'm, at, so I'm at morgan state university baltimore maryland so many of you have heard about this and i'm probably really at the point where i'm getting ready to graduate so i need i'm out of school but i'm still like finishing up things last couple of classes that semester it has to be like i think the spring of 05 and i'm thinking it's before spring break or so and at this time i was working at my school newspaper the spokesman shout out to everybody on the spokesman staff that year circa 0105 y'all know who y'all are um downstairs of the mckeldin building in room 115 which is where our office was downstairs in the basement of our student center you know really small office only like two computers during that time and for most of the time it was only one but during this time i was working and working on the newspaper we're getting ready to put out one of our issues and i'm working on it and doing some editing and also like like formatting around using indesign during that time and i'm listening to like aol radio while I'm downstairs and I have the AOL radio on one of those stations, you know, like one of those, I want to say it's like, you know, hip hop, neo soul slash stations. Like, you know, you can pick the different moods that you're looking for nineties hip hop and, you know, old school rock and jazz. So I'm on this hip hop slash neo soul station. So the playlist is going on. I'm listening to so many of these artists and groups that were staple of my playlist, not only during my upbringing, but eventually during college, those study times, tribe, black stars, a group, and then quality and most individually, Erica, Jill, music. Bilal, D'Angelo, Rashawn Patterson, all these flowetry, all those type of artists and the like. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, you're going to laugh when you hear this, Chris. I hear a track come on and the beat caught my ear at first. But then this MC comes on and starts to spit this flow. And I can't 
but help but not pay attention. And it wasn't just the words that he was saying, but it was also the message because I felt like that was me. So then I brought the pop-up window up that had the radio playing in the background to see who it was because I didn't recognize who the group was, but I listened to it. That MC turned out to be Fonte. That group was a group called Little Brother that I didn't recognize, and that song was Speed. And and so when I'm listening to it, I'm just like, you know, I'm getting the, the first couple of lines during that first verse. The line that caught my attention was, don't stop when I jump in the whip trying to get it off. Beltline got me rushing like Parishnikov. Like, oh, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Hold on. Like, if I could have had a, a way to stop that and pull up selector and pull up, pull up and run it back, I would have done that. You know, just off of that line alone. And I was blown away by the rest of that verse. Because as you said, when your reaction, talking about that lifestyle of going to that call center, you know, pushing 80 mile hours to this call center, trying to pick up a check, I only see 20%. I only see 20%. I mean, that caught my fancy. The minute that I did that, I sat there, I wrote down the name of the group and the name of the track. And I also, during that time, they also had the name of the albums in that AOL radio as well. So as I'm doing this, I take this, write this down on a piece of paper and I fold it, I put it into my pocket. After I'm done working in the newspaper office that night, I run back, drive back to my apartment off campus and I go all the way down there and I'm like, okay, I jump on LimeWire and I downloaded the album track by track by his listing. Yes, I know it's bad, but I got, I got the, what's, <laughs> listen, I, I got, I redeemed myself later, right? So I got it, went on the track listing, looked on Amazon and got the track listing, put it in order, burned the CD, and that became my playlist for the rest of that semester as I headed towards graduation. And it took me overnight to burn everything because, you know, LimeWire, you had to download all the tracks, all the skits. It took a little while. So I put it all the download. I went to bed, woke up the next morning. It was ready. Went to my first class. Before I did, I burned the CD. Then when I came back, the CD was ready, came out, and it was my playlist for the rest of that semester. It became such a part of my rotation because as I started to listen to everything just outside of speed, that it was an album that I fell in love with because here was a group that had all the qualities of all my favorites growing up. I mean, we talked about them, the tribes the Black Stars, the De La Souls, the Slum Villages. And they had all the qualities of my favorites, but they were actually my peers, right? They were experiencing a life and a lifestyle, being at HBCU, being from a part of, at that point, if you want to call Maryland a part of the South, because it is in the South. And not only that, they experienced hip hop almost through the same lens and the frame of reference that I did. They Mm. gave me a feeling that I had when I first listened to and was able to comprehend those native tongue favorites that I talked about of Tribe and De La Soul, of the Swalquarian, Soul the Roots, Black Star, Slum Village. The good thing about it, what I loved about them is that they didn't take themselves too seriously. So while the context at times and the subject matter was heavy, the lyricism was sharp as anyone back then, the comedy and the satire that they displayed. My Black Queen! (laughs) Don't know now, (laughs) nigga! <laughs> the comedy just make the, me hot yeah exactly Sorry, i'm gonna go off no nah, it's cool man <laughs> the comedy and the satire they displayed man was act with the best of hip-hop acts who provided their commentary through comedy and through reenactment through skits and sketches just like some of the best had been out there man so when i talk about with most duos what i loved about tay and big Pooh was that a compliment and chemistry always has to be there with duos but with them there couldn't be any two different styles between two MCs, but the difference between the two of them didn't affect their chemistry at all. You had Fonte, who I always like to say, 
ever skilled, deft MC who has someone who is similar to like I would say is like a fencer where his style was smooth and calculated, but in his delivery, it was very precise. And you could see that he could make a strike that could cause some damage out of nowhere. Then you had Big Pooh who was sort of like, as I say, as a swordsman would be sort of like a knight where it wasn't as smooth, but was very effective. And his attack could attack from a variety of different angles and positions. Wow. So proving himself to be very versatile. And that's to me, add in your taste singing ability. And then you had a winger combination of two guys that had two styles that couldn't be more different, but were almost made for each other. Then you bring in Knife to bring it all mm. together, right? So you have his production. These soul samples were the glue of an album that, you know, you had these two styles and with Tay and Pooh together, that, those soul samples and those beats were a common thread. So in tradition, like I say, with Knife having studied people like Pete Rock, like Q-Tip, like Primo, like Jay Dilla, like others. And he was a producer that I would say was ahead of his curve. His style production that he crafted a style that was all his own. And as I wrote down here, I was like, you know, it was like Little Brother had almost like another proficient trio during that time that rose to prominence during that time. I'm going to use a sports reference here. So it was like the Colts, you know, Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne, the Indianapolis Colts. You had Fonte who was sort of mirroring what Marvin Harrison can do, being a great route runner, precise in his routes. You had Reggie Wayne that can run a number of different routes and make so many plays from around the field. And then you had Knight who was the QB like Peyton Manning, who pretty much was serving up both of his receivers and setting the table to make them cook continuously. So you had this partnership, then bringing the Justice League with all those creative forces together. And those names that you mentioned, those Nicolays, that crisis, goodness, man, like all those people, all these people as a part of this movement. It's, it was it's, a, it, it was I mean it was some, a movement bro. it was a movement and it was something like you talk about those names now and those names are some of the biggest names in the industry right now you know there they were a bunch of kids just creating for the love of it and it had me excited for what I was gonna hear next now this is 2005 I'm listening to the listening two years after it was released so it wasn't too long after that that I got my next taste to what the what little brother put out all five we know what comes out next the minstrel's joke comes out next so at that time it was a a perfect moment for me as a listener to have the table set for me for a group that would put out a work afterwards that if you thought this thing was ridiculous oh man it was a great appetizer should i say but it, even to mention <laughs> it as an appetizer to listening would be a disservice to it because it really does speak to the the, the narrative back then how getting those four mics in the source to start off your career is just like man you're stamped at that point like you mentioned like <laughs> and yeah. fonte in in an interview that he did this and week a quotable. yeah yeah, Sorry, yeah. And, fonte got a hip-hop quotable for yeah, the yo-yo and a quotable for yo-yo exactly that stamps you like that point and then people start to take notice and as you mentioned being an mc and producing that was like right around the time when I really started to explore it heavily. So that, to me as a fan, they got me excited about variety and hip-hop again and what the future could bring. But as a budding MC and producer, their music inspired me to create. Like, I wanted to be like, okay, fam, I just finished listening to this. I got to get downstairs on the computer and start working on some beats. These rhymes, I got to sit here and write this. I got to be inspired. I'm inspired to write something new to bring it to the next level because I'm like, this dopeness is possible. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's possible. Yeah, no, bro, listen, man, like, as as an MC as well, the, the thread of Little Brother just runs through my music. Like, um, Shazar Comanche did a song, I think it's called Lamb to Lion. Mm -hmm. And he says, um, I'm Justice League, even when I'm by myself. And I know that's a reference from Starang. Shout out OGC. Mm -hmm. But I've taken that. That's the outro of my next album coming out. Wow. Even when I'm by myself and I'm shouting out everybody. Yeah. Because I just feel like in terms of being a... In terms of just being an MC, they just really set the standard for me, man. Yeah. Like Fonte and Pooh is just like, I want to make 
something as good as this. And yeah. I sit, I listen to this album, bro, and I'm just like, how? Yeah. How did you make something like this on your first go round? Yeah. It baffles me, bro. Yeah. This is why I know God is real. Yeah. God was in the studio, man. Yeah, exactly. God was in the studio and in the music. And the fact that this album, Ninth produced a majority of these beats using Fruity Loops, which was unheard and, during that time. Right. You and know? Whole, I remember that whole debate. It's like, oh, he's not a real producer because mm-hmm. he, he doesn't use um, equipment. He uses software. Oh, change the drums. All his drums are the same. And I'm sitting there. I'm not a producer, bro. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, are the beats fire? Exactly. Yes. Rock on. Right. That's and when you've got madness. people like Pete Rock and Primo stamping him as well, I'm like, these guys are gods among men. Right. In terms of our culture. Mm-hmm. Us mortal creatures should not be criticizing this man. If Pete Rock is saying this guy is fire. Yeah. He is fire. Exactly. Yeah, man. I'm all for opinions, but there are times when opinions are not necessary. They are. Pete Rock said it. Primo said it. Yeah. Jazzy Jeff said it. Yeah. Why are we arguing? Exactly. Come on, man. <laughs> and when you get stamped by a trio of those three producers, man, it's Dude, like, come on, man. What are we, what are we doing here? What are we talking about? <laughs> so, <laughs> bro, and so I want to, as a little anecdote, I've heard people say, oh, Ninth Wonder is not versatile as a producer. Listen mm. to me. Mm. Ninth Wonder in one year produced for Jay Z, MOP, and Destiny's Child. Three <laughs> acts on, just on, in terms of the spectrum. Right. They couldn't be any more different. Exactly. And yeah. he produced for all of them. All of them. Dude, yeah. when Jay Z dropped the Black Album and we heard Ninth Wonder, when he said Ninth Wonder, the lawn, we went mad. We're like, yeah. we won. We made it. Made it. Yeah. And he did that in the same year. Yeah, man. It's it's ridiculous the narratives that people have about Ninth as though he's not one of the dopest producers he's one of the, to drop he's one of after the, the new he's millennium. He's one of the elite, bro. He is, he's man. one of the elite, bro. He is, man. He's of he's like he's like of a council of Jedi's, you know, and there's not many people that can do what he does. And just for good measure, he's shown people that he can get on an NPC and actually cook just like he needs to, just like the purists want him to, you know. So he can he can do all that, man. But just the, it was oh it was the formula was something that was absolutely ridiculous, man. But now we're gonna go getting the highlights highlights and lowlights so your highlights chris man i know there's a lot of them man but just give us a few of your highlights and just the best you know a couple of explanation and why you think those are highlights a couple of few tracks well you know i've spoken about speed we, we don't speed is is quintessential mm-hmm. this is dna you know if you could cut my veins open speed would come out yeah um, and not of, not of the drug variety let me just make it clear <laughs> um other highlights whatever you say i remember listening to fonte's verse and at first i'm just like yeah this sounds dope and i'm listening to the story and it's when he gets to the end he goes um i got your head still bopping i'm a verse i said oh my yeah mm-hmm. to this day bro I listen to that song mm. and it's like the first time because the impact is the same. Absolutely. His his sense of comedic timing, bro. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Camp Low. <laughs> yes. It reminded me of Camp because Camp Low go. don't always rhyme. There you go. There you go. Yes, sir. They don't. It reminded me of Camp Low. Just the production, that beat. Oh, baby. I believe you. Listen, come on. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh my, listen, I've got chills. So dope, so dope, man. So dope. Calm down, Christopher. Calm down, Christopher. So that's one one of my highlights. I'm going through the track list in my head. Uh, Away From Me um, is is, is really important because, Mm. again, you know, that vulnerability, Pooh talking about his brother. Yeah. And, you know, his brother having legal issues and all that kind of stuff. And I think sometimes the naivety in me as a young listener thinking, oh, you know, these guys are my peers, you know, college students, you know, just regular everyday dudes, but dealing with some real things. Yeah. You know, because I know people who are taking what I call iron holidays. They're away too, you know. 
I just felt that was a really somber moment and the way where it was placed in the album as well. Actually, hold on. So I got the vinyl here, right? Yeah. This is my wife's vinyl, just to say. Okay. She's one of them. So yeah, away from me, that's track 12. But let me go back. Mm-hmm. The yo-yo, right? Mm-hmm. Fonte kicking it and taking it to the, you know, the pretentious spoken word people. Yeah. When he said calling themselves God was gods with white girls named Caitlin. Caitlin. Dude. <laughs> if there was ever a name for a white woman. You know, you got Kate. You know, you know, I know we have Karen now, but Karen, Caitlin. Caitlin, yes, yeah, that is a quintessential you know, white said, girl I'm name. Gonna kick some, I'm gonna kick some trick, Daddy, next poetry night. And the reason why I love that song is I think because you know, even someone like me, you know, who sometimes gets put into that underground conscious box. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that at the end of the day, just because you make music that sounds a certain way, doesn't mean that's the music you always listen to. They can't always put you in a box. Like, for for example, I am a massive fan of Cash Money Records. You can't tell me nothing about Birdman, right? Mm-hmm. Birdman cannot rap. Yeah. But I will listen to Birdman every day if I could listen. Chopper City in the ghetto? Yeah, man. Bruh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 400 degrees? Yeah. Bruh. Right? Yeah. yeah. 400 so, degrees, man. And that's why I love the yo yo, because it showed you that, you know, we are this, but we're not just this. Just that. Exactly. Right? And I yes. think it's it's a message that, you know, you could talk about us as black people as well. And I don't want to speak for everyone, but I think sometimes, you know, this whole thing that people think black people are a monolith, that we all like the same mm-hmm. things. We right. all eat the same things. We all dressed a certain way. And if we go outside of that, then you're not really black. Mm-hmm. And I think the yo-yo kind of speaks to that in a more subtle way that, look, you are who you are, even though you might be part of a wider group, but mm-hmm. you can still be this and there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Another another highlight, I think is going to be the closing track, is the listening. Yes. As someone who really values the album listening experience, to hear mm. Fonte break down you know just and i've got to say something actually i love the liner notes where they've got these little jokes in there mm-hmm. um on, on the listening song he talks about the ignorant blind ass followers sean don medina little brother and whoever else was in the room that night back in vocals <laughs> i think that's so funny yeah <laughs> and i think what they've done with that song is really summed up the value of the listening experience and you know you hear troy the sample for troy in the background as well so mm-hmm. there's that throwback to pete rock and co smooth, smooth yeah. and they're saying that look we are part of this tree we're just a branch or a leaf of mm-hmm. this tree mm-hmm. and you know when they kick those random rhymes at the end mm-hmm. um with all due respect kind of reminds me of something it reminds me of supreme clientele sometimes yeah all Camplo again just you know <laughs> it might not make total sense but it, it sounds good it sounds Do you dope. know what i mean it sounds dope it as just hell. sounds yeah it just sounds good yeah um and i love what night uh fonte said he goes um one chick told me all she listened to his beats thank god for night nice. and yeah. I'm, I'm like yeah mm-hmm. and he's you know he referenced big daddy kane long live the kane and i think for curious listeners whether you were into hip-hop at the time or you were just discovering it this album has a number of signposts mm-hmm. to the people who they would call their big brothers so you know you got the skits you can't help but think about de la soul Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. and it turns out they go on tour after this album with Souls of Mischief. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So they're part. You just see all the signposts and all the roads where and where it leads, where it leads to, mm-hmm. and where they're coming from. Yeah. This album, that this, this, I know you wrote on your on your your synopsis. You know, highlights. I think every song on this album is a highlight, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. there's no lowlights. There's none. 100%. It's flawless. Yeah. It's flawless, bro. It is 100%. And I think getting into my highlights before we go there, the radio station concept is something that wasn't new in hip hop, but it was something that they did brilliantly in being able to give it its own style, the WJLR. And the fact that they took it from the wake up show 
into the afternoon show to the evening drive and how the music transitioned along with the format of radio as you think about how it is, you know, because I worked in radio. So as you start, you got the wake up music to keep you and get you going, the thing to get you talking during the day as the evening goes around, sort of the stuff that gets you on as you're on your way home. And I think about it sort of it's a Friday night, like, boom, you're going and having somebody like we're about to have this show. Somebody's hosting this show. Little brother's coming through. But then as you get into that quiet storm and to get those mm. like that away from me and home and nighttime, nighttime and maneuvers, maneuvers. maneuvers come on and you're hearing the call sign turn from that cheerful WJLR in the morning and the afternoon into that Justice League radio nighttime and it's just like it took me back to those times of working in the radio when I had to work that third shift that 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. you know shift where things are starting to transition in the overnight where you get the overnight person about to come off and then eventually the shift starts over again to the wake up show the next day by the end of that album you know so it's like that was brilliantly done but getting into the songs I love For You. And let me tell you why I love For You. When I listened to the album for the first time, this is the first song that I had to run back immediately because the wordplay from both Pooh and Tay on here is absolutely exceptional. And that beast by ninth is crazy. That vocal chop, oh my goodness. <laughs> like that's, what, that's what got me going for the rest of the album. I talked about Speed. You know, that's the song that technically made me a fan for all the right reasons. And it's a song that resonated with me personally. But having been in my early stage of I'm seeing and producing while in school full-time, while working part-time, I I resonated with that song. It was me. I believed in it. I believed in that message. Whatever you say, this is a top five little brother track for me, a favorite of all time. And, and I say that, you know, because you had this contrasting style between the two of them and that beat is legendary to me. And then even to make it even further, what has made this song even bigger is the fact that Doja Cat had this song during that live where she was rapping alongside of it. And she was just like, like we're talking about Tay's second verse and she's just like wow she was like did you guys hear that that was so smooth that he didn't even rhyme so she had like 170,000 people on her live while she's doing her freaking makeup and she's singing along to this song wow. Doja Cat bruh <laughs> Doja Cat wow. I, shout, I, I mean you know I love when um I love when Pooh said on that line he goes uh, um forever stained in memories like white shirts Search and punch, punch. yeah like, and you, you, it's like what you say you know in terms of skill level between the two yeah it, it's debatable and there's no right or wrong answers but I think mm-hmm. as an MC there's something to be said for when you can just paint simple but effective imagery yes yes indeed like, I got taken back to church you know when you had like Lord's Supper or yeah. communion you got that white shirt and you spilled the wine on it yeah like you see that like, yeah. I saw what Pooh was saying Shout out yeah to Pooh, that, my nah, that imagery man white shirts and punch it's like you got yeah, to you got to for you to try to get that stain out that's going to take some soaking it's going to take some scrubbing as my mother used to say put it outside on the chicken board yeah so <laughs> <laughs> yeah man Shorty on the lookout, probably to me, the most soulful track on here. The beat is a star of this, but that breakdown at the end, which could have been its own song, that sample heading into Love Joint Revisited and so fabulous. That to me are like the two perfect compliments of tracks being back to back. Some of my favorite bars on both of those tracks. So fabulous to me is just so dope. Tay and Pooh doing their verses on the third verse, doing their verses from the perspective of some of the greats that they may have idolized. The G-Raps, the line from Audio 2, Slick Rick, Ducky 
fresh. That to me was like a very nice tribute. Just kind of like to me, just another way of them sort of paying homage, which they did a lot yeah. during Sign this album, bro. man. Yeah, absolutely. The get up, funky, but a hard hitting track remind me a lot of that feeling that I got for you. Away from me, man, is probably, man, one of those emotional tracks that when you sit back and listen to it and you listen to both Pooh and Fonte, you know, Pooh with that stuff with him and his brother, Tay with this thing about this child that had been that's been lost, you know, that it hit home for me. Like to me, I think both Pooh po and Tay did a great job of painting really some heartbreaking scenarios, man. Especially in the the situation I me and my wife actually watched the Kevin Hart and Wesley Snipes movie, True Story. And that pool verse reminded me of that storyline from that story. Home is a great change up. You get to see Tay do his thing on there as well. Nighttime maneuvers. I mean, Tay definitely flexed on. on that joint, man. <laughs> and you know what I do love, not to cut you, bro, is that they yeah. both had a solo track each. Yes, I love it. I love that. Because you, I really got to understand perspectives and styles, contrast and complement mm -hmm. and how, how it all just goes into this moment. But I really, and the fact that they're so spaced out as mm -hmm. well. Yes. So it's almost like this, all the songs in between is the meat. I, I remember Jay Prince saying it, like, that's the meat. And yeah. then you got the groupie and then nighttime maneuvers, the solo track. They're like the bread and they just put everything together. Everything together, exactly. Come on, man. The sequencing, yo. Yeah, the sequencing. Sequ I need to know who sequenced this, man. Yes. And and then the listening, uh, as you mentioned, appropriately titled Last Track, because it drives home with the overall message of the album, maybe, which it tells you that so many people had said for years, but was actually starting to come true right around this time, is that people hear music, but they're not listening to it, you know? They're not listening to the music. And so to talk about, like, hey, you know, the beat, people will listen to beat. They don't know the title of your tracks. They're not listening to the lyrics. Like even that third verse, what you said, them spitting those those random rhymes and that on a surface level, it sounds dope. But then it's just like when you get into it, it's like, hold on, like what the, what the hell are they talking about? And it's just like, hold on, man, hold on, hold on, man. Don't people don't listen to lyrics no more, man. What you talking about? That was a good way for me to sort of end the album. And I think that when I look at tracks that end albums, I'm always intrigued by that because it's like this is the last thing that people are going to get from this album. That's what you close your album. That people are gonna remember that, and so mm. you put all that together. Like I said, no low lights, man. The skits on here were funny. You said, "Make me hot," and Roy Lee, producer extraordinaire. Make me hot, P. P. Hold me down, P. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you call you ain't got no hook. You yeah. ain't got your thing together. My singer don't know you, how to sing. Just make you know me what, hot, bro. When I heard Knife say that, I tried from that day. I don't go to the studio without knowing what I'm doing. Yo, it's, let me tell you something. I can't. I can't do it. Yeah. I, the thing is, like, there were people I used to be in with studios when I used to come in, bro. Some of them, like, it was a joke, man. They would come in, not have anything prepared, not have things in the right format. And it was like, yo, if I'm ever going to go into a studio, I'm going to make sure I have everything ready. So when I did pay to use a studio, oh, lyrics and stuff were done. Things were always put in the order. I knew what order I wanted things to go in, everything. I used to always go in and engineers used to always be like, yo, I love, if I could work with you all the time, people yeah. like you all the time, I would love it. Like, don't get you me wrong, to, bro. I mind, I don't mind sitting here for four hours getting paid. Like, but you know, if I can take what I do in four hours and then free that up to get done in two hours, I take it all day, every day. But you know, absolutely, you got dummies who want to come in the studio. They want to come and, and they want to smoke. It to be organic. They wanted to when smoke. you're paying for it. Yeah, they want to. They want to smoke. They want to drink. They want to mess around, but they don't want to do any work. So yeah, nah, I get it, man. Never me, I, I get it. So no low lights on here, man. Um, None. The radio None, bro. Yeah. The the radio station concept, brilliant, nice productions on here, brilliant. Tay and Pooh's chemistry, absolutely flawless, man. So Yeah, and yeah. I want to shout out just, you know, Sean Don opening mm -hmm. up the album. You got background vocals from Legacy Median mm -hmm. on Shorty on the Lookout. Yeah. 
it's just I you know what I love it's almost like the wire in the sense of you've got all these different characters just interacting in this universe right yeah and you gotta bear in mind like I didn't necessarily know what these guys looked like at the time I'm just hearing a voice mm-hmm. I'm like who is that Sean done the back twister who huh what yeah. and then when you get into the Justice League rabbit hole and you find oh you've been here like I just it's just it's Brian man yeah I it's get it album, bro man. I get it yeah it's crazy so I, I, don't get me, I get emotional man yeah I hear I get you emotional bro nah bro it's I get you man it's the music that's the great thing about I think with hip hop and when you grow up with meaningful hip hop right that has an influence and effect on your life like I feel this album sort of had that effect on me as well another one is I think I told you and submit for me that album is you know uh, reflection eternal train of thought with quality and mm. high tech you know mm. that's that, one of mine too that was uh, uh, during a time when I had just started college and I was starting to go through this transition period as, so, as, as well albums like that to you ha- do have an effect on your psyche because depending on what it is you're going through during that time I think it's you can relate to it no matter what you know you can relate to it no matter what so I definitely understand the um the emotion and definitely the the passion about this album man because you get that when you get hip-hop that is produced with that enthusiasm you know with that sort of you know with the love and you can feel mm. it you know my mother used to always say that you can tell when somebody cooks for love versus them cooking right. just for necessity and needing to eat yes one and you know we come from west indian background so yeah. we know what time it is yes exactly. we can taste it like, yes i can. know I know what was going on. Like, yes, there's there's love and pain in this pot, and yes. I want to taste all yeah, of it. All of it, absolutely, a hundred percent. Yeah, man. Come on so, now. Yeah, you got it. So now we're gonna get into those quotables. Notable quotables. So, Chris, man, you got a quotable or two for me here from this album. Something that just stood out to you, man, as far as the lyrics were concerned. Okay, so the ones that off the top of my head, right, is when um, you know, we just spoke about Reflection Eternal, right? Shout out to Talib Kweli and High Tech every mm. single time. Yeah, but it's when uh, Tay said um energy drained i need a blast like high tech got i said okay mm-hmm. okay you're one of them yeah i said all right you're one of them yeah. i loved i love that quotable i love it i mentioned um i've mentioned whatever you say uh of course i love the way that poo opens up on whatever you say mm-hmm. what up brown skin your body smelling like cinnamon mm-hmm. hair in the bun your toes done so feminine mm-hmm. heard you suck your teeth like oh no here we oh, you know man. it's yeah. it's it's just this thing where one thing about the opening verse brian is that you mm-hmm. have to know how to you have to know how to set it off yeah bro yeah yeah you have to know how to set it off and the way that Pooh sets it off it's just he just lays the table mm-hmm. it's the smooth kind of opening not too many syllables he's just having a conversation yeah. and then tay comes in with the camplo inspired this ain't gonna rhyme but it's yeah. gonna sound it it's dope. gonna sound crazy yeah exactly Another quotable to get up, you know, when Fonte talks about, you know, like a Ford Explorer with, without the brake fluid spinning out on Firestones with the shake to it. Yeah, like, yeah. come on, man. Come on, man. Like, <laughs> for, for, like I have a question. I need to know what, what is wrong with him? Yeah. What's exactly. wrong with him, man? Right. He's nuts. That's nuts, ain't it? Yeah. It's just absolutely insane. Just to think about like the process. It's like sometimes when I hear some MC spit some lines, I was like, what is the process that they went through creatively in their mind to come up with that line? Right. I would love to have been a fly in the room to be able to be like, oh, man, how in the hell did man? How did he? Wow. Yeah, I get it. I definitely yep. do. I, yeah. I love this um opening verse on nighttime maneuvers as well. And he said, started cypher with the whack niggas eavesdrop, knife mouse clicked it on the B box. Knife always hit me on my sweet spot. Go to the crib and drink some peach snops and doze off to Pete, Pete Rock. Rock. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, yeah. Yeah. Is Fonte Coleman, yeah? Yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Fon- that- I'm gonna say his whole name. Fonte Lashot Coleman, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's different, different gravy. He's different gravy, man. Tate Gravy is a different gravy. Yeah. 
Yeah, man. You mentioned about how Tay influenced your style. You're not the only one, yeah. man. There's so many others, so many people that some folks don't even know that Tay influenced their file. Yes. And so we'll get into that at the end. But, <laughs> you know, a lot of y'all who love Drake have Fonte to thank for so much of what Drake brings to the table, you know? So my quotable, one of the ones that I love is that verse three on For You with Tay and Big Pooh. The, them two, the two of them going back to forth. Now for the low, low price of only $8.99, witness Fonte flights of phone. And spit a rhyme that'll settle your bets in 30 measures or less. I stay ahead of the rest with incredible, incredible text. text. Fire off like it's New Year's Eve. Pooh is here, took us MCs and made it hard to breathe. I'm the shit, so your squad can't leave. Got him waiting to applaud in the club, standing tall like trees, making this crowd cheer massively. I tell niggas, y'all ain't whack. Y'all just sound wax rhyming after me, because I'm the most magnificent. Life is a blessing, and y'all, I'm living it for the better or worse or indifferent. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> to hear the two of them go back and forth in that third verse, man, is something that is not done enough because, well, we don't have many rap groups that are out there wanting to record anymore. But when you used to hear groups go back and forth on that third verse, bruh, that used I, to be something. Oh, I, I read I read a, a piece. I don't know if it's true that supposedly they recorded for you. They had just got new microphones. This is essentially a mic check. They just wanted to hear what they sounded like. On, and it, this, is, this is it. Dude. And, and you know Dude. what? It sounds like. It sounds like, yo, is this on? Like, yo, check one, two. Like, let's do this. And, and so, man, I love for you. And the fact that, you know, you had the, like, really, they came out firing, guns blazing on this track. You know, yeah, that's that's one of my quotables. My other one, Bro, obviously. You, you know, we're talking about for you. I mm -hmm. forgot. You know, when Fonte said, um, captured the ears of show veterans when the stakes got raised like braille lettering Lettering. down to the exact scale measurements dude and he got another one he says I roam like a cell phone in Italy excuse me a troubled nigga got more issues than Jet yeah. nah yeah bruh nah yeah, yeah. Yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> nah, you know what, yeah? <laughs> Sometimes I'm going to be real before I let you come back in. I hear verses like these, yeah? Mm -hmm. And I say to myself, why do I bother? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. What's the point? You it's see like, him yeah. and Elzai. Mm -hmm. When I hear them too, I'm like, why? Yeah. Do I bother? Yeah. You hear some MC spit and you'd be like, you know what? I don't know if I need to do this anymore. It's like when I hear some producers produce and it's like, you know what? I don't know if I should try anymore. You know why? <laughs> like, why do I try, man? But it, it's dope, man. It really is. Um, My other quotable is, of course, that verse from Fonte on Yo-Yo, the quotable. And as a preface before I get into this verse, and I read this article that tells me about when he got that quotable he said that while he was in school he actually got a gig of hosting uh one of those poetry nights and the girl had him come through and he hosted it he said everything was cool he's there and he said that he thinks he got a you know regular gig because the gig paid him a hundred dollars you know back then he was like yo a hundred dollars he said yo it only take ten dollars to fill up my car gas back then bro so he was like of course i'm gonna take it i'm thinking i got a regular gig to host this joint he said that he was hosting it, but like there was a lot. He said, "Man, a lot of these poetry niggas, they were up there. They were corny, man. Like they was, you know, with cor the stuff that they were saying, the lines and everything else." He said he went back and asked the girl after he got paid, like, "Yo, man, so am I on for this? Like from now on?" And she said, "Actually, you know what? I don't think we're gonna have you come back." She said, "Cause we heard some complaints from people in the crowd and some of the participants about you know you using the n word, and that was her like her exact verbiage. You using the n word." He was like, "Yo, but I don't use the n word. I say nigga." And so <laughs> she. 
basically they didn't have him back on because he was kind of, I guess, a little bit dismissive of them. They thought that he was dismissive of them, but he was like, yo, I wrote that verse based on these poetry niggas that was in here. They were corny as hell. Like, you know, but kind of looking down on me because of the fact that I said the word nigga, you know? And so that's what inspired this verse that I'm about to say right now. It was like, yeah, okay. Y'all know niggas uh, that I'm talking about. Amazing. Yeah, when do y'all see me singing at the coffee house? Soon as they get on the mic, I start walking out and swear that the skills is the most talked about. It's time to bring the MCs on. I'm sorry, niggas, bitch, trying to read pee poems and trying to battle me with sandals and capris on. Come on, Come dog. on dog. I'm about to get hyped with this. Shed some light to this so-called so black, <laughs> black righteousness. Even though y'all niggas might not cuss like me, end of the night, y'all just trying to fuck like me. So Mm. what's the reason for the hating? Niggas with dreads calling themselves gods with white girls named Caitlyn. And I'm cool with interracial dating, but I ain't about to hear no fucking speech just because I want to have some bacon. I rock to Antwerp. That's why I can't fuck with coffee houses, man. They get on my goddamn nerves. And deep down, you know that I'm right, man. Shit, I'm about to kick some trick daddy next poetry night. Like, come on, bruh. Like, bro, I'm I'm actually going to work on a song called A White Girl Named Caitlyn. Yeah. I want to take. Yeah, I want to do a song around Caitlyn, Bruh, It's and you know what? <laughs> Where I went to high school at, where I'm from, there's a Caitlyn's. It was the exact phenomenon he's talking about. Brothers mm-hmm. with dreads calling themselves guys with white girls named Caitlyn, You know, and to, town I grew up in, Bowie, Maryland, was at one point in time predominantly white, and now because mostly because of the up, rise of the middle class in the '90s, and also because of white flight, is now predominantly black. But as there were black people starting to move in, it was starting to integrate more. You saw a lot more of these kids that were sort of walking around, running, twisting their hair and, you know, corn rolls and stuff. And they were messing, a lot of them were messing with white girls. So, you know, so I saw that phenomenon in a lot of poetry nights we were having at school, <laughs> you know, mm. and they were the same type of dudes that Fonte was talking about in high school, bro. So, mm. so that's why that track. And then as I got into college at Morgan, being at HBCU and having these poetry slams, you ran into a lot of those self-righteous guys who did poetry, and some of them were MCs, but you know, they kind of looked down on uh, someone like me, like, yeah, I like Kwali and most, but I like 3-6 Mafia and Project Pat too, right. bruh. You right. know, like, right. <laughs> you know, right. I don't mind. Like, I, like sometimes when I smoke, I don't want to listen to Kwali and most and The Roots all the time. Sometimes I want to listen to Hypnotized Minds, you know? Sometimes I want to listen to 8-Ball or MJG, <laughs> like, you know, like, that's... It's, a, bro, it's yeah. the truth. I told yeah. someone the other day, man. I said, "Listen, man, you might see me on the street listening to Fifty Cent one. Like, yeah, it's fine. It's all right. I like. I, I promise like it. you, it's okay. I it's promise cool. you, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, man. Um, those quotables and there's so many of them that we can sit there and pull out, like you mentioned, and, and Tay and Pooh did oh, such a great job on this, bro, man. So like. This was the thing about this album it was crafted with these rhymes that just make there. You sit back just to, between you and I, the just about the dozen or so that we named just now. There's probably another, I don't know, a few dozen other that we can sit there. One line that are just absolutely ridiculous, not even to name the verses themselves in whole. Final verdict. So final verdict, man. I think this is a spoiler alert, but, you know, we'll start with you, Chris. <laughs> this album, classic, essential dope good or just okay man what say about you and give your explanation as of why well we've been saying it the whole podcast man but what say you this album i almost feel like calling it a classic does it a disservice Mm -hmm. this album is a cornerstone joint 
This wow. is, you know, when you go to what you guys call college over there, we call it university. Mm-hmm. And when you sign up to your course, you have something called required reading. Mm-hmm. These are the books you need. If you're going to pass this course, you need to read these books at the very least. Yeah. This album is required listening. Yes. Pun intended. Mm-hmm. On a personal level, I would not be the man artist fan I am today without this album. Mm. And I'll tell you why. This album opened up a rabbit. I would not know who Blueprint or Illogic are. I wouldn't listen to Jedi Mind Tricks. Mm. I wouldn't listen to Apathy, Strange Fruit Project, Rugged Intellect from yeah. Canada, Silent Night, Emilio Rojas, all these because of this album. Mm-hmm. I look at it like a map, right? You know, you've got a point on the map and you've got all these different roads and directions just leading out of it. That's what this album is to me. It's mm. the center point and it leads to so many different roads. You think mm. about the the children and the artists that this album has spawned. And that's one of the my measuring sticks for a classic album is what came after, mm-hmm. right? As much as I love Ludacris, I love him. My argument as to why Ludacris doesn't necessarily have a classic album is because what are the albums that you can say word of mouth inspired or are a direct descendant of this body of work? When you look at the listening, when you look at what just came out of the Justice League, Mm -hmm. Legacy, Sean Don, Mm -hmm. then you've got the Foreign Exchange, right? You've got that, right? Mm -hmm. You've got what Ninth Wonder did. You don't have Jamla. Yeah. You don't have Rhapsody. You don't have Rhapsody. Without this. Yeah. You, under, you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. You do not have Drake. Yes. I'm going to say it now. It I don't is. care who is upset. Come and find me. I am not hard to find. I have put my home address on songs before. Come and find me. Yeah. Right? Drake, Cole, Kendrick, all of them. There you go. You're a branch off this tree. Absolutely. You're a branch off many other trees. Yeah. Well, you are a branch off this tree. This album right here. I don't have children, bro. Mm-hmm. But when I do have children, if you're going to understand your daddy, listen to this. There you go. Yeah. This is who I am. This is who your father is. Mm-hmm. And don't don't go to no poetry night. Go go listen to some trick daddy, man. Yeah, exactly. Expand your palate. <laughs> yeah, and man. Don't, don't, you know, I was going to say, <laughs> I say, and if you do bring home a girl named Caitlin, I'll understand. Yeah. We're gonna have, have a, we have to have a conversation. conversation. This album right here, bro, if we're going to use the source mic system, Mm-hmm. Nine mics. Yeah. <laughs> three yes. mics a piece. Three yeah. for Nights, three for Fonte, three for Pooh. Three for Nine Pooh. mics. Nine mics, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Just T- give them 10. Give them a bonus. Give them a bonus one and give them 10. Round it out, man. Yeah. Ten mics, man. Yeah. I, I took. You're right. To just call it a classic would be, to me, I think, a bit of a disservice. It is, as you said, a cornerstone, I would say, foundational because of so many different things that came out as a result of this. The Justice League is not as big as they are later on in the decade without this. Ninth does not become the producer that he is and gets projects that he does with MERS. And you don't have the foreign exchange with Fonte. You don't have a Rhapsody. You don't have a Drake. People don't understand. When I first heard Drake, I actually at first thought it was Fonte. Like, honestly. The first time I heard Drake, and let me, the first song that I heard from Drake was actually successful, right? Because I had a late card on Drake too. When I heard of him on successful, at first I was like, is this, if this ain't Fonte, this is a cheap knockoff, right? That's what I was thinking in my head. And mm. then to hear and understand the props that Drake gave Little Brother and also Fonte personally himself was just like, now it all makes sense. So we're talking about a guy who, if we talk about by industry standards, entertainment wise, as far as popularity, net worth, everything else, Q rating, all of that, probably one of the top two or three biggest hip hop stars in the world, right? Ever. Ever. And Drake, then this is what he came from. This is where a part of his, a big part of his style was influenced from, from this album. Without this album, as much as people talk about it, and I love it, you don't have this, the brilliance of the minstrel show without the foundation of this album being laid first. 
You don't. You do not have any of that. And I think it's important. I mentioned this in my review last week with Diggable Planets and Reaching a New Refutation for Time and Space, which is what I did last week. Everyone and many of my uh, followers on my TikToks and also on Twitter and Instagram will mention Blowout Comb. And I do think that many people will definitely make the regard that Blowout Comb is the better album between the two. But I think that what's important with reaching as with the listening is that it laid that foundation for that next classic to follow. You don't get the strong foundation of that without this. So the minstrel show, yes, it is absolutely important. If you want to talk about being better than this, then yes, you can say that. But you do not get that without mm. this and let's look at what the minstrel show helped to inspire after that you know so so that even takes the importance of this and brings it up to a whole new level dude we're talking i mean the, the link between the two chicken yeah. circuit yes Listen, yes if i start talking we'll yeah. be here all day i don't yeah. i don't want to keep you all day sunday we've got food to eat we get food I don't to keep yes you sir day. so man so there it is you heard it from me you heard it from chris Classic, but even just beyond the scope of classic, foundational and a cornerstone album for Little Brother, The Listening Man. Make sure y'all go check it out if you haven't already. Chris has the vinyl, or actually he has his wife's vinyl, but uh, yeah. make sure I that it you, four times, bro. Yeah, you make sure you go get that vinyl, go listen to it. Holla at us, let us know. You can also get to us as well, man. But before we go, of course, we want to thank Chris for joining us here on The Vault, man. It was always a blast to have you here, bro. And thank we you, just bro. want to, before you go, let the folks know you had a single come out just this past week or so, man. Didn't you just release some new music um you just put something out or just put it out a single out there there was a no, single that you've been promoting this week right no i think i've been promoting podcasts so no what's happened is mm-hmm. i'll share it I'm, re- I'm working on my first ever solo podcast series okay so what breaking atoms are going to be doing we're, we're going to start br- branching out we're not doing hip-hop we are doing hip-hop i, w- I want to say this we do what we do even if it's not hip-hop it's because of hip-hop why we do what we do mm, yeah so i'm working on my first podcast series called the most known unknown inspired by the three six mafia album nice of, of the same name just talking about local legends Mm -hmm. in the area I grew up with and telling their stories in West London there was a man who used to walk around with a massive cross on his back Mm -hmm. carrying it down the street and I'm like he looked like a cross between a preacher and Candyman I swear to you Mm -hmm. and no one knows this man's story so I'm about to get my Louis Theroux Miss Marple on Jessica Fletcher Colombo and find out who this guy is so that's what I'll be promoting that's what I've been promoting this week and I do have a new album coming it's coming bro it's coming okay good awesome and where Sky Zoo Sky Zoo is on it yeah oh wow I've got I got Sky Zoo on it, um, produced by T1 and Kaiser, and you know it's you don't you don't get this album without the listening. Sorry. Yeah. So where can people find you on social media? I am Kinetic. I I A M K I N E T I K on all the socials: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I don't do TikTok. I'm not cool enough, so mm. I've left that one alone. <laughs> um, but yeah, check us out on Breaking Atoms, man. Break the Atoms on all the socials. We've just set up a YouTube channel as well, so our interviews will be going up there. Break the Atoms too, and I'm accessible. Reach out let's talk please don't ask me what my top fives are or where stuff ranks because that stuff annoys me and i don't have time for it just enjoy the music man go outside touch grass you know relax there you go chris mitchell i am kinetic break the atoms make sure y'all go follow them check out the breaking atoms podcast also check out chris and all of his projects he has going on you can reach out see his music also check out those podcast series man chris again thank you for joining us bro we'll get up again soon my pleasure bro thank you And that is going to wrap up yet another edition of The Vault. Please make sure you are visiting us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. There you can learn more about the show, check out our past episodes, join our mailing list, leave a review, or if so inclined, you can leave us a voice note. Click the blue microphone in the bottom right-hand corner to leave us a voice note to let us know what you think about the show or to just show us some love. To support the show, 
Click the coffee cup shaded in yellow in the bottom left-hand corner to access our Buy Me A Coffee page. On Buy Me A Coffee, you can give a small monetary donation to support the show to ensure that we can keep the vault open for many years to come. You can also visit us on social media at Vault Classic Pod on IG, Twitter, and on TikTok. Also hit us on YouTube and our Facebook page. Like and follow us on social media. Subscribe to the pod and the YouTube channel. We do it here all for you. We appreciate the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend and make sure that that friend tells a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate and elevate because you were never destined or created to stay stationary or ordinary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and visit us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com.